Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Purest water make me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. And thank you, Father, for being with us and anointing us to understand where you want us to walk, and that is in heavenly places by faith. Thank you so much, Father, for doing this for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes. Well, we're going to call this Walk in Heavenly Places by Faith. And the first article we're going to share from Vanessa Weeks is Endure in Your Faith. She says, In a dream, David and I were standing in a spacious and nice bathroom. We were cleaning different parts of the bathroom, and David was cleaning the large white bathtub. I believe this is representing preparing, cleansing for the corruption and for sanctification. Amen. Then David was standing in the large bathtub fully dressed, and he said to me, You have to endure in your faith to receive healing for what you have not received. Amen. Everything is yours, right? It's all been provided. And um, she says, and this is true, this may also be spiritual healing. That is very true. It is both. Healing is already accomplished, and believers should stand in faith and believe that they have received and speak what is theirs. First Peter 2.24 says, Who his own self bear our sins in his body upon the tree, that we, having died unto sins, might live unto righteousness, and by whose stripes we ye were healed. Amen. And Mark eleven twenty three and 24. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou taken up and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that what he saith cometh to pass, he shall have it. You must confess him before men, for our high priest to confess you before the Father. And verse 24 is the method, of course. Therefore I say unto you, all things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And receive here is... Past tense in the original. Received them. Because you received them at the cross. And after he said this, I saw to my right an enclosed shower with glass doors. And she said, this reminds me of 1 Corinthians 13 and 12. Now we see in a mirror darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know fully, even as also I was fully known. 
Hmm. So believers should uh, cleanse themselves of all false doctrines of men that would keep them from health of mind and body. 2 Corinthians 7 and 1 tells us, Having therefore these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Jesus already paid the price for you to be healthy. Get ready. Marburg seems to be coming, as we've been warning for several weeks now. It's in Europe and going, coming this way. I, I had been listening to uh, receiving your healing from the UBM site when I had this dream. And I asked the Lord for a word about this and received by faith at random Philippians 1 and 30 verses 27 through 30 in context. Philippians 1, 27. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, that is, the good news of what Jesus has done, that whether I come and see you or be absent, I may hear of your state, that you st- you stand fast in one spirit with one soul, striving for the faith of the gospel. Not the gospel you hear nowadays, but the gospel that was originally preached. It heals, it delivers, it saves. And in nothing be affrighted by the adversaries, which is for them an evident token of perdition, but of your salvation, and that from God. Because to you it has been granted in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer in his behalf having the same conflicts which you saw in me and now here to be in me. Amen. So we have demonstrations already in the Scriptures, right? <clears throat> and this one we called Our Rights in Christ, Isaac Payne, one twenty four twenty two. In this dream, I was in third person viewing an oil tanker in the middle of the ocean, The oil tanker was far from land, as I could only see the boundaries of water. I believe the rough waters are the judgments that are here and are coming upon the world. I do too. Also, I think that this sea also represents the masses of people, as they do in Revelations, right? Uh, Sort of a twofold meaning of judgment upon the masses, Amen. Genesis 6 and 17. And behold, I do bring the flood of the waters upon this earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven. Everything that is in the earth shall die. There's major destruction and death coming uh, according to this type. We know that the major part of this type is at the end of the tribulation period, but we're at the end of the tribulation of the bride now, and uh, a mini revelation of this is going forth. Second Peter three five through seven. For this they willfully forget that there were heavens from of old, and an earth compacted from uh, out of of water, and amidst water, by the word of God, by which means the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens that now are 
and the earth by the same word have been stored up for fire, being reserved against the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. Yes, we're about to see some of that. The oil tanker resembled an old Navy oil tanker from World War II era. On this old oil tanker was a captain that was a burly fella. Uh, well, strength in the flesh will not save in the days to come, but righteousness delivers from death. That's what the word says. He was average-sized, stocky, had a dark beard, and was wearing a seaman jacket with the hood over his head. This burly captain's crew considered uh, consisted of his mother and his wife. The wife and mother both had blonde hair. They were fighting the waves and trying to obtain more oil. This oil tanker was equipped with a hose that ran deep into the ocean depths, suctioning, suctioning the oil into the tanker. The tanker wasn't a drilling rig, but it was collecting oil from the depths of the sea. The burly captain did not have enough hose to reach the depths of the sea. The captain was only a few feet short of reaching this oil well. Okay, so that's where they're getting it, oil well. However, he performed a maneuver with the throttle of the oil tanker. He threw the throttle forward, maxing forward speed, then suddenly reversed the throttle in the opposite direction, uh, maxing the speed of the tanker in reverse. He was attempting to elevate the bow of the oil tanker, that would do it, uh, and use the momentum while the bow was elevated, and then reversing the throttle, allowing the stern of the oil tanker to dip into the water a bit. Except you can do that, but you can also go too far. The point of this maneuver was to gain those few feet the hose could not reach in hopes of dipping the hose into the oil located at the depths of the sea and then suction the contents of the oil into the tanker. Well, we know the works of man, just like the burly leader there, will not give results, but faith in God will. Suddenly the oil tanker flipped over. The captain overdid the maneuver and caused the oil tanker to flip belly up in the sea. The captain dipped the stern of the oil tanker too much into the water and the bow of the tanker flipped backwards. Yep, it will come in at the stern, right? Immediately at this point, I was now in the dream, but standing on the deck of our double-wide trailer. Hmm, you can do this in a dream, folks. Um, which is a mobile tabernacle for the wilderness, right? The trailer was elevated above the waters and had a center block foundation that reached from the depths of the sea and elevated the house quite high off the waters. Hmm. Again, you can do this in a dream. The oil tanker was underneath 
my house and sinking. I watched the contents empty out of the oil tanker and float to the top of the water while being carried away with the waves. The contents were mainly plywood, sheets, etc. Isaiah 45 and 20 says, Assemble yourselves and come and draw near together, ye that are escaped of the nations. They have no knowledge that carry the wood of their graven image and pray unto a God that cannot save. Yes, many, many Christians have a God that cannot save. Well, the plywood represents the captain's own self-works to suction the oil, and the oil represents the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which is a gift from God who gives us power, and uh, He does the work in us and for us. Amen. You need this power where we're going, folks. You're going to need it. The power of the Holy Spirit enables people to take hold of the promises of God with a supernatural strength. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 through 15, For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's husbandry, God's building, According to the grace of God, which was given unto me as a wise master builder, I laid a foundation, and another built thereon. But let each man take heed how he buildeth thereon. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Religion can't give you this foundation, but the Word of God can, and it will prepare you for the terrible things that are coming upon the world now. All right, Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Word of God. You're going to need it. But if any man buildeth on the foundation of gold, silver, costly stones, or wood, hay, and stubble, each man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it. Yep, we know that the wood, hay, and the stubble will not sustain you. It will burn up in the troubles. Because it is revealed in fire, and the fire itself shall prove each man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work shall abide, which he built thereon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. Yet so as through fire, he will lose his reward. In other words... The captain popped out of the water and swam to the deck of the house where I was standing. He was frantic and worried about his wife and mother. Humbled and remorseful, he said a prayer. O oh Lord, please help me find my family. I remember the captain was not wearing the hood over his head at this time so he's no longer shielded or resisting the sun, S-U-N slash S-O-N. Yes, troubles cause people to go to the Word and put, put more emphasis on the Word than their dead religions. After saying that prayer, that prayer, the burly captain looked down and said, I wish I knew my rights with the Lord. <laughs> uh. 
Well, this will be most important to save our families from the devastation coming upon the world. Uh, Revelation shows a huge depopulation just ahead. And many have family members dying now because they put the word last. They could have been a help. And right after he said that, I became super excited. It was like a light bulb went off, and I knew the answer. I smacked him on the arm with my brotherly affection and stroked with excitement, saying, You have rights in Christ. I know your rights in Christ. We all need to know this to be able to tell them, right? Uh, A valuable person to know in the days ahead, right there. I looked at the burly captain and told him to command his family to surface in Jesus' name. The burly captain did just that, commanding in the name of Jesus that his family surface from the depths of the sea. Remember at the flood, the waters uh, represented the word which brought to death the wicked, right? And so it's a baptism of sorts. There's a baptism coming of many different kinds of judgments that are like a flood. Suddenly, the wife and mother came bolting out of the water as the tanker continued to sink. Well, she gives Mark, or he gives Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I say unto you all things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe that you receive them. And you shall have them. And James 1 and 6. But let him ask in faith, nothing doubting. For he that doubteth is like the surge of the sea driven by the wind and tossed. Amen. The tanker was pulling all the debris within close proximity under the water as it was sinking. Well, all of man's works will be destroyed. All the methods that man has employed to save him will fail. However, the wife and mother were able to swim past the sinking tanker and come to safety at the deck of the double wide with the center block foundation that the burly captain and I were standing on. Well, there you go. People are going through what they're getting ready to go through is going to prepare them to go into the wilderness. Mm-hmm. In fact, the whole world is going to be a wilderness because the whole world is now inhabited by God's people. So you won't have to do much, but open your door and you will see the wilderness. Isaiah 28 and 16, Therefore thus saith the Lord, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone of sure foundation. He that believeth shall not be in haste. You must believe the original word of God. Religion will not save you. It is a sure stone, Jesus Christ, the word of God. Matthew 7 and 24, Everyone therefore that heareth these words of mine and doeth them shall be likened unto a wise man who built his house Upon the rock. Amen. And then I woke up. You need your family on the rock. 
And, of course, this next one we called Family with God, Tiana Fire, 529-23. I had a thought from the enemy about my physical family because they aren't following Jesus yet. And the thought was, I haven't prayed for them recently or enough. Well, Matthew 6 and 7 says, And in praying, use not vain repetitions as the Gentiles do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. And Mark 11 and 24 again, because it is, it's all about all of your prayers, all of your prayers, right? Therefore I say unto you, all things whatsoever you pray and ask for, Believe that you received them, because in the Greek this is a past tense word, received them, and you shall have them. If you believe that you received the answer to your prayer, do you have to pray it again? Only if you fell away from that faith, then you should repent and pray again. Okay? But hold on to your faith. Endure in faith. Believe you have received when you pray to God. I saw it was the enemy, and then I turned to the Father in spirit, and I saw him as if he was holding his hand out and uh, as holding something. And then I saw my old physical family appear. And he looked at me and said to me, They will be here. In other words, in his hand. And they are already, there it is, uh, they are already. All this was finished from the foundation of the world, friends, and Jesus paid the price. I then saw him move his hand all around him, and I saw all the UBM brethren's physical families there. (laughs) Praise the Lord. You can enter the rest. You pray and enter the rest, believing you have received, right? Not just children, but the whole extended family all standing there with him. And as he did this, he said, They will all be here and are already. Wow. You know, the angels was, was stressing that too. The angels that came to us said, It's already done. It's already done. And they spoke as though it was already done. And people did not understand. Because we believe we have received And this is what faith is. I felt that this meant all of our UBM brethren's families are already with God in eternity by our faith. That's what. And it will manifest in the physical. 1 Corinthians 7 and 14. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified in the wife. There you go. And the unbelieving wife is sanctified in the brother. Else were your children unclean. So there's the whole family. But now are they holy. You see that? Now are they holy. Claim it. It doesn't come to pass automatically. It must be claimed by faith like all the promises of God. Romans eight twenty nine through 30 For whom he foreknew, he also foreordained to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. 
And whom he foreordained, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. So you see, if you enter into one end, that first end of this this sentence, uh, then you come out at the bottom end. <laughs> Ephesians one eleven through 12, In whom also we were made a heritage, having been foreordained according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his will, to the end that we should be unto the praise of his glory, we who had before hoped in Christ. John six thirty seven through 40 All that which the Father giveth me shall come unto me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I am come down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the will of him that sent me, that uh, of all that which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. What do you mean, should? Exactly what he's saying, should. Um, it should. It should happen because the word, the promise is there, and it should be uh, held too fastly. Verse 40, For this is the will of my Father, that every one that beholdeth the Son and believeth on him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. No, not seven years before the last day. At the last day. Believe the Word of God. So we can just rest regarding our families, knowing that they are in God's hands through our prayer of faith. Most of the church knows not what a prayer of faith is. It is believing you have received. Okay, we call this one wedding dress. Marie Kelton, five one twenty three. During the night meeting, I had an open vision. The Lord was sitting next to me, and He tapped me on my shoulder to turn and look at something that He was going to show me. I guess I wasn't paying attention because He tapped me on the shoulder a second time and pointed and told me to look. And as I looked, I saw that I was in heaven. And an angel was bringing me a wedding dress. The Lord then spoke to me and said, This is yours. Make sure you keep it. Well, we know that she's representing the bride here. And the bride has been given this wedding dress by faith. And we need to keep it by enduring in our faith. All the way to the end. You're receiving something that you don't deserve. It's by grace, but you have, have it because of faith, right? Revelation nineteen seven and 8 says, Let us rejoice and be exceeding glad, and let us give the glory unto him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And it was given unto her that she should array herself in fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. So, actually, that garment is made up by your righteous acts. That's right. Some people say, oh, you don't need that. You're once saved, always saved. No, don't believe these foolish people. They haven't read the Word of God. Revelation three, eleven. I come quickly. 
Hold fast that which thou hast, that no one take thy crown. So it's a possibility. Yep. Especially preachers, they take a lot of people's crowns. Mm -hmm. We call this one, Come As You Are, Samuel 5, 7, 4, 23. I heard in prayer and felt this is to encourage the brethren to share their blessings and gifts with the body. Yes, because giving causes it to come multiplied back, right? Even if the gift or blessing seems small in the natural, but that sharing it blesses all more than they know. God uses even tiny things for His glory and can multiply infinitely to everyone. So bring what you have and give it to me, he said. The boy who had the bread and fishes that took with him, that he took with him uh, to my sermon on the mount, what little he had, and it be benefited the entire group. What little you see may be well enough or plenty more for yourself or your family, but to the whole body, it seems tiny and pale to help, if at all. By natural means, it cannot. But bring it all before me, and I will distribute it perfectly. That's what the Lord did, right, with the fishes and the loaves. With plenty left over, he said. Matthew 14 and 20. And all ate and were filled, and they took up what remained over of the broken pieces, twelve Baskets full. Wow. Come to me, all of you. Bring who you are. Don't think you need to be someone else or have something you think is worthy to offer. Carry with you the things I blessed you with. These are the qualities and uniqueness that he made us. Psalm 139 and 15. My frame was not hidden from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Don't be shy. Don't lag behind. Don't worry about it, even if you think you really need what you have now. Yes, I say you, don't, you need to give. You need to do it no matter what because this is what's going to multiply your treasures in heaven where you can bring them down in the days to come. He wants us to jump up and eagerly run to Him, willing, uh, given, all despite having a desperate need in the current moment. Yes, the way when your money is not enough or your gift is not enough is to give it and it will be multiplied back. That's what the Word of the Lord says. Luke 6 and 30, Give to everyone that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. As you would that men should do to you, do you also to them likewise. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measures, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall they give into your bosom. For with what measure you meet, that means measure it out, it shall be measured unto you again. So if you measure it out abundantly, it's going to come back that way. I'll, I'll prove that. <laughs> come and be merry. 
Share it all as though the whole world desperately needs it. Bring it because I give you my all. <clears throat> By the way, folks, you can't drag it into the wilderness with you, I can tell you. You might as well give it so that it will be given unto you. Believe me, God can multiply everything in the wilderness. So, considering the things that you can share as something critically required by others, sharing it with joy, knowing it will bless others better than self. 2 Corinthians 9, 6-12 But this I say, he that soweth sparingly, shall reap also sparingly, and he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Let each man do according as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. In other words, not according to the law. That's what they teach you because they don't trust God. You don't, It's not according to the law. This is telling you the truth here. For God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound unto you, that you, having always all sufficiency in everything, what a promise, may abound unto every good work. As it is written, He hath scattered abroad, He hath given to the poor, His righteousness abideth forever. How awesome! <sighs> And he that supplies seed to the sower and bread for food shall supply and multiply your seed for sowing. So you sow it abundantly, it comes back abundantly, it's multiplied, and you have more seed for sowing the next time. And increase the fruits of your righteousness. I know a group of people that steal. They steal and they've got nothing. Yeah. They forgot how to give. They only learned how to steal and uh, manipulate people and so on. You being enriched in everything unto all liberality, which worketh through us thanksgiving to God. Yep, every time you give, you not only get a reward, they give thanks to God. And for the ministration of this service, not only filleth up the measure of the wants of the saints, but aboundeth also through many thanksgivings unto God. Yes, and don't forget the widow with the two mites, right? She gave more than all those rich Pharisees. So you see, it's just like what has been stated here. You know, uh, give it, even though it's small, it doesn't matter. It will be multiplied. A sweet word, a song, a tiny portion of food, a memory, a smile, life, when given entirely to me, has infinite and, and eternal blessings to everyone. Yes, you are immensely rewarded, and I can continue to do these things countless times. Yes, amen. Do not think or remember a moment uh, that such is your doings. And I think what he's saying is uh, Luke 17 and 10. Even so, ye also, when ye shall have done all the things that you are commanded, you say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which is, was our duty to do. 
See, some people are uh, so proud of what they give, but hey, it's the Lord. He gave you that gift to give to others so that you could have it multiplied back. And when you give, it's complete. Do not expect a transaction. Let go and gift it without any further attachment. Yep, that's that's exactly right. Don't expect anything back. Give and it will be given unto you. I then work with this for only I can create life and recall that action with a power source to spread and multiply. Not even self could recreate its properly uh, a second time. So come and bring what you can. Sit with me. Share and be merry and receive the blessings abundantly. Amen. Look at my river. It flows endlessly. Revelation 22, 1. And he showed me a river of water of life, bright as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Where is the throne of God and of the Lamb? It's in your heart, right? Let it proceed out of your mouth, out of your life to bless. Let it spring forth from within, pouring out to others. I am the true life, the resurrection. John 11 and 25. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. Who believeth unto me shall live, even if he die. I have a want and a reason to give everything, overflowing. He is love eternal. John three sixteen and 17. Just come to me as you are, he says. Bring to the table what you have, and we all can share together without any lack. This is true. Why should everybody have to duplicate everything? In the book of Acts, they didn't do that. Everything, everybody considered the things that they had that they did not belong to them. And so everybody got to use whatever was necessary, right? So we can all share together without any lack, he says. Normal dining experience is sharing all different plates, talking and sharing in discussion, eating together as one group. Holding it to self is buried and lifeless. Trying to grow on your own is like you you adding extra height to your stature. Not likely, huh? Ask of me, give to me all. From problems to blessings, we can be one through it all. You have not because you ask not. Luke 6 and 38. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall they give into your bosom. For with what measure you meet, it shall be measured unto you again. In other words, however you give it out, that's the way it's going to come back. If it's abundant, it'll be abundant, right? I then heard this about the evil one. Steer clear of the one who lurks near. He will steal and kill just for a thrill. They do that. Destroying all that be and can see. His price cannot be bought. 
do not fall for it, he lies, seem to tantalize, catching by surprise, when you realize what lies behind the fear. Yes, there are wicked out there. All they know how to do is destroy. They don't know how to give life. They don't know how to multiply. They have to steal from others. Okay, here's one from Samuel Fire, 7-3-23. We called it Let's Huddle. Let's Huddle. I saw many different groups and types of animals, including the insects. I saw how many types would huddle together for various reasons. I saw penguins huddling and rotating the ones in the center to the outer edge to maintain warmth. I saw honeybees doing the same thing during the winter. I then saw a flock of sheep keeping the young lambs in the center to shelter from predators. Each reason was to benefit them all, some for warmth, others protection from predators. I saw how they were spiritually blessed with this knowledge to ensure survival. We should always apply this technique for our UBM brethren. Amen. Stick together. Don't wander off. Don't. No pride can keep uh, from falling away. We listen to this instructions and uh, loving guidance, and we will make it together. Amen. And this is how it's made in the wilderness, too. I asked for word by faith at random and landed on comforted. Ezekiel 14 and 22. Yet behold, therein shall be left a remnant that shall be carried forth, both sons and daughters. Behold, they shall come forth unto you, and you shall see their way and their doings. And you shall be comforted concerning the evil that I have brought upon Jerusalem, even concerning all that I have brought upon it. The elect who are taken into the faction, when they come forth, you're going to see fruit. Yes, you are. Not everybody, but just the elect among them. Yes, you will You will see fruit, amazing fruit. One, one body in Christ, we call this, and this is anonymous, 2.26.23. When a sister was praying on the outreach Zoom for lost brethren in apostate Christianity, I saw the sister as a gold, bright, shining light praying. And then I saw some devils try to come up to her to interrupt or distract the prayer. Well, we know that witchcraft curses sent from the factious and uh, witches to distract and to stop our praying and interceding. We've watched them do this. They don't know that, but we know. But I saw myself standing in front of the enemy with my back to it, with my arms outstretched, uh, pushing them back behind me so that they couldn't get to the sister praying like bodyguards do. But my arms could only reach so far to push them away from her, so the devils tried to go around another way. 
Well, First Peter 5 and 8 tells us, uh, Be sober and be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom withstand steadfast in your faith. Yeah, amen. And Leviticus 26 and 8. And five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall chase ten thousand, and your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. So there's much more power in unity. Deuteronomy 32 and 30 says this, How should one chase a thousand, and two put ten thousand to flight, except their rock had sold them? And the Lord had delivered them up. Yes, what some people think is a solid foundation is not. And uh, they get delivered up because they're trusting in false God, trusting in self who is a false God, and so on and so forth. Put your faith in the Lord. Then I saw our other brethren that were present as gold, bright, shining lights, And they all came around the praying sister with their arms stretched out wide to push the enemy back and to block the enemy from trying to hinder the prayer. So you can do that during prayer, right? Then all the brethren held hands in a circle around the sister, blocking out the enemy entirely because they came together in unity of faith, which defeated the enemy and all the darkness from hindering the prayers. Well, the body coming together and using our authority in Christ actively uh, in offensive warfare against the, the factious and the witches and the enemies out there, when we are all in complete unity with Jesus, there's nothing the enemy can do about it. He is bound. Okay, this is Matthew eighteen eighteen through 20, N-E-N-T. Amen, I say unto you, what things soever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and what things soever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything they shall ask, it shall be done for them, of my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered unto my name, there I am in their midst. Amen. Praise be to God. All right, we call this one Redeemed. Debbie Finsky, 4-4-23. I would like to confess that I did not give something forth that I heard the Lord saying to me last night. It was towards the end of our worship time after a song that Barry continued to worshipful strumming on his guitar. And after a minute or so, Barry's strumming uh, became more powerful. There was a strong anointing in it. And what kept coming to me, I felt, was Father speaking it to me. And when the time ended, I knew I had failed him. I told him I was sorry last night, but my heart was not truly repentant. 
Today, Father brought it back to me strongly with such conviction, and I truly repented before him, and I asked my brothers and sisters forgiveness also. And he let me know that it is still important to say today. There were not many words to the word he was saying, and I know that he doesn't that that doesn't matter. Literally, it was one word, redeemed, redeemed, that came to me three times. So, I was thinking it was not important enough, and so I did not speak. Had I opened my mouth, he would have spoken the rest, which he did speak to me today, as he was working on and correcting my heart. And here is the powerful word the Lord spoke. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed. My children, you are redeemed. So rejoice in that. I, your God and Savior, have redeemed you. You are mine. Yes, Father, I truly thank you with all with a heart full of thanksgiving and gratitude that you have redeemed me from my sin, and I am yours. We praise you, our God and Savior, for you, your merciful and glorious plan of redemption. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you with our very lives that you have redeemed us and made us your own, individually and corporately. Help us, Father, to give our praises and our thanksgiving unto you every day. Lord, you, our powerful God, deserves all the honor and glory. Amen. Yes, I say amen too. I am reminded of Isaiah 43, 1 through 7. But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I have given Egypt as thy ransom. In other words, they paid the penalty, the curse, uh, as it was in uh, the Exodus. Ethiopia and Seba in thy stead. Since thou hast been precious in my sight and honorable, and I have loved thee, therefore will I give men in thy stead, and peoples instead of thy life. Yes, a thousand may fall at your side, right? But it won't come nigh you. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, Give up. And to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far, and my daughters from the end of the earth. Every one that is called by my name, and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, yea, whom I have made.
And Barry gave answer here. He said, uh, thank you so much, Debbie, for your sensitive heart in this. I believe it was, you have redeemed my soul that he was playing. You have redeemed my soul. We appreciate so much the gift of God in you that has so often blessed our body here. Amen. Amen. And all the very gifted people, we thank very much for all their gifts being poured out and given so that they can receive back, right? So we call this All in All. And this is anonymous, 425-23. I was in the half-awake and half-asleep state, and I saw so clearly and so real how the Spirit of God is literally in everything and through everything, in the physical and spiritual. And that's that's not, of course, uh, that cultic meaning of that, but the Lord is in everything. And so clearly how He is behind every single vessel of honor and dishonor, and only by His will can anything or anyone do anything. Yes, it's true. A man may... Um, choose his um, path, but the Lord directs his steps, right? Only by his will can a vessel of dishonor do something, and only by his will could I be even allowed to know or understand this. I saw so clearly how there is nothing I can do except trust him and hope and believe in his grace and promises and hope for him to only let me be a vessel of honor. Yes, Sovereign God, right? Read Sovereign God. You will understand this better. I had been wondering why the Lord had some of the enemy using someone to hurt me. And I saw how God was behind it, and His ways are higher than mine. And I can't even comprehend or truly understand His plans and the extent of his grace and how everything he does is for my own good. I saw that I can't even judge anyone or anything for what they do or how they are because he is behind all of it. And when I judge something, anything, I am judging God. So all I can do is think, speak, believe, and be alive in His Word. Okay, so let me point out to you, too, that um, in the Scriptures they judged people, but it wasn't them. It was God doing the judging. And Jesus tells us, judge not, lest you be judged. But there are people out there that that's all they do is judge. And they are judged by God not by man. We, uh, we use a lot of dreams, visions, and revelations that speak judgment upon them and words from God that speak judgment upon them, but that's spoken by God, right? I cannot criticize anything or anyone, not even physical things, because that's how God created that specific thing to be, and He wanted it that way. And me criticizing or thinking that thing or way would be better uh, is criticizing God. Well, Romans nine twenty one through 22 gives some explanation here. 
Hath not the potter a right over the clay from the same lump to make one part a vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long-suffering vessels of wrath fitted unto destruction or made to be destroyed? Yeah. Being ungrateful for literally anything is an offense to God because He has blessed me with way more than I really need whether I see or understand it or not. I saw how literally every tiny and big thing is connected physically and spiritually. Every tiny little detail from the wind to the ant to even the trash man is God's perfectly created intrinsic or intricate design. And there is literally nothing I can do to change God or to change His mind or plan because everything is His will and great design. Well, I would say this to add to this, your understanding. Even when we change things through prayer, the change is His he just ordained it to change through us, right? Amen. And He is the power to change things. So it's Him. This honestly gives me such great fear of God to know He is sovereign over all vessels, and He is sovereign over my mind, will, thoughts, life, and the only thing I can grab onto that I know is real, true, eternal, is Him, His Word, His Spirit, and His life, Jesus. In this experience, it literally felt like it was just God and I, Jesus in me, in other words, alone in all existence, and everything is Him, in and through, and all that it is only Him now and forever, and it's Him. Jesus uh, in us that is real and eternal. It brings me much peace that He is and is behind everything. Yes, He is sovereign God. To say it in a simple fashion, He is sovereign. He rules. He reigns everywhere and through everything. So we should give thanks always for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? That's right, because He's behind it. All right, we call this Son, S-O-N, slash S-U-N. And it's anonymous, January of 2023. I am not creative, but I made a picture on paint that kind of looks like what I saw. I'm sorry, in the picture, I forgot to change it to Jesus in me, not just me. <laughs> I was standing in the kitchen, and all of a sudden, I saw the principality over the area. I was in, and he knew that I could see him and was aware of him. I saw everything was darkness, but I saw this light inside of me. 
The light in me looked small compared to all the darkness that was around me. Then I saw this giant ray of light appear from above, and the light in me was connected to this ray which led above to this giant light that was endless light. So there was a connection between the endless light and the tiny light inside. In other words, you are part of the larger light. The darkness then looked completely small compared to the giant endless light, and although my light seemed small at the first, the light around me was actually bigger than I know because it is connected to this eternal light that is above, around all and around everywhere, and is greater than the greatest darkness. Amen. And he has a picture here of this. Vision of Heaven, Samuel Fire, 2019. A couple of months after I came to Christ, I heard a testimony of God showing heaven to a person. I was intrigued, and I also desired this. However, I doubted the Lord would talk to me or show me heaven. That evening before sleep, I prayed and asked the Lord if He would show me heaven as well. I got ready for sleep, not thinking about it much more. I lay in bed close to the sleep in dreaming state. I don't know what this is called. Then I saw the most amazing and exhilarating vision ever something I hope that I never forget, and sadly I confess at times it has escaped me. Yet when I do remember, it has been so encouraging and uplifting that I pray that each and every one would have this comfort and treasure too. I was seeing as I was in the room laying down for sleep, From my own perspective, I saw around me as though no roof or ceiling was there anymore, and it was open to the sky. I saw a clear night sky, but shining above all of this was as if the sun was distant and brighter. I didn't notice, but I was being lifted up gently, as with carrying hands like a parent to a baby child. Slowly and gracefully I rose up closer to the bright light, and I felt such peace and calm. All around me were clouds, white and clean, and there was a wonderful sound like singing and music, but better than anything that is on earth. Perhaps this sound was like birds in the morning and a choir and symphony orchestra all in tune. How can I judge or know for sure except that it was indeed the most beautiful ever? As I looked around, there were amazing buildings constructed to dimensions I couldn't understand. 
very large and with smoothness and finishes too fine and precise. Nothing could be finer. The walls were golden, but almost transparent and glowing or shining at the same time. There were colors that I have never seen and don't think there are on the earth. Though I never saw any other being or angel or anything other than these amazing buildings on the clouds, I was astounded and wanted to see more. Then I knew I was getting lower gently and back into bed. This whole time I wanted to stay and didn't want to go back. I even cried out. I don't want to leave. I want to stay. In bed, I could not stop thinking about it. I slept, and when I awoke, I remembered this vision still. I was thinking about it so intensely, I even made mistakes at the job I worked at that day. I told a fellow believer in Christ about it, and over time, I did start to forget this vision. But when I recall, it has brought me such encouragement to keep on the path of Christ. I felt the Lord has blessed me to this so that I do not doubt the eternal prize, even though all I want is to pursue the Lord Jesus 100%. May the Lord and King bless you and know this too. He has a great and a wonderful plan and a place for you. Uh, all glory to Father God. Amen. And we call this one Gate of Heaven. Anna Stewart, six one twenty three. She said last night, Obi, which is short for Obadiah, uh, had the following dream, and I wrote down his narration of it. Obi said, The dream started where I was praying that the Lord would remove any spiritual uncleanness from my heart, because I knew if I didn't do that, that I wouldn't make it into heaven. Do you realize that out there? that you have to ask God for things. You have not because you ask not. And he uh, asked something that he didn't think was necessary. He was raised in a Christian home and so on and so forth. And so he did ask and uh, he received. Then I was at Fio and Lana's with all the other kids. And we were playing in Fio and Max's room with the light off. Then Victoria came and opened the door. We were in the dark, but the light of the truth brings victory over sin and death. Mm -hmm. Then I saw the gate to go into heaven. There was no hell at their house, but just heaven. And I went to heaven. The gates to go to heaven were locked when I got inside, so all the devils that I couldn't see uh, were trying so hard to get in and couldn't get in. 
It was so hard to get in that they couldn't even get in. Amen. Matthew seven twenty one through 23 says, Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy by thy name, and by thy name cast out demons, and by thy name do many mighty works? Notice it didn't say in his name, it was by thy name. Okay. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So they were using the name, but they were not in the name, right? I was the only kid that was in heaven. Wow, how convenient. <laughs> Ephesians 4, 7 through 10. But unto each one of us was the grace given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he saith, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now this, he ascended, what is it but that he also descended and into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended far above all heavens that he might fill all things. Amen. And I saw God and Jesus and a few other people. I couldn't tell if they were angels or not, but none of them had wings. God and Jesus looked really similar. God had a mad face. <laughs> I think it was because God was sad because not all people made it into heaven. Well, my thought is, or maybe it was because uh, wicked people were working to make others miss heaven. That was my thought. Okay. I was so happy because I had made it into heaven. And I was so happy because I was able to get there and I had made it. <laughs> Amen. We call this, Let the River of Life Flow. Samuel 5, 5, 8, 23. <clears throat> I saw a vision. There was water flowing as a river through a valley. And gold was revealed on the floor as the river flowed over the riverbed. I then saw the river stop. Without any flowing water, no gold can be exposed. If the water stayed still, it became stagnant, which makes it useless, stale, and, and bad. With the water flowing constantly, it will, be, it will bring out all the gold and precious jewels. Well, let me say, flowing water in the Old Testament was called living water. Yeah. The water is the Word. Yeah, it can be a living word or a dead word. It's been passed on from people to people to people. 
And the gold and jewels are the prize God wants to cherish. Our lives are the process of the whole thing. John 4, 10-14 says, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. This is moving or flowing water, unlike a well, right? The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his sons, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Every one that drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Yeah, that's well water, you know. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but shall but the water that I shall give him shall become in him a well of water springing up. Oh, that's a different kind of well there, isn't it? Unto eternal life. Amen. And also uh, Revelation seven sixteen and 17. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun strike upon them, nor any heat. For the Lamb that is in the midst of the throne shall be their shepherd and shall guide them unto fountains of waters of life. And God shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. And also Revelation 21, 6-8. And he said unto me, They are come to pass. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But for the fearful, and the unbelieving, and the abominable, and the murderers, and the fornicators, and the sorcerers, and the idolaters, and all liars, their part shall be in the lake that burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Take notice, faction. Take notice. And Revelation 22, 1 and 2. And he showed me a river of the water of life, bright as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Well, where is the throne of God and of the Lamb? Well, he's in your heart, right? And that's where he should be flowing out of and out of your mouth to give life to the nations, according to Revelation. In the midst of the street thereof, and on this side of the river, and on that was the tree of life, bearing twelve manner of fruits, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Amen. Okay, we call this returned attack. 
Marie Kelton, 5623. During pot blessing, I had another open vision of a huge demon with an axe. It threw the axe at me, and I knew it was aiming for my head. Then I saw the Lord, and he intercepted it. He caught the axe and threw it back at the demon and destroyed it. The Lord then turned to me and smiled. Well, praise God. He is always faithful to protect us and deliver us. We should trust him for that. And we call this cannon blast. Tiana Fire 1122. An evil thought came to my mind that I didn't agree with. I asked Father for the holy angels to take away the demon that gave me the thought. I then saw a holy angel grab the demon and put it inside a cannon, and it fired, and the demon got shot or flew so far away I couldn't see where it landed. Praise our God. Amen. In this one we called it, King Jesus Expels the Darkness. Marie Kelton, 7-10-23. During the meeting I had an open vision. I was looking at the sky and it was pitch black. The land was also pitch black where I couldn't tell the difference between the sky and the land. I saw the Lord dressed as a king in the sky. He was in a white light shining on a throne. As I was looking at the darkness all around me, I noticed that the Lord and the light he was in got smaller and smaller. Obviously, we should keep our eyes off of the darkness and on the light, right? I then turned my head to the left to look at the Lord, and he started getting bigger and bigger to where the Lord and his light expelled the darkness totally. And all I could see was the white light. What's the moral of this story? Well, it is keep your eyes on the Lord, and the darkness loses ground and power. He will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, he says. John 9 and 5. When I am in the world, I am the light of the world. John 12 and 46. I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me may not abide in darkness. 1 John 1 and 5. And this is the message which we have heard from him and announce unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So if you abide in him, you abide in light, right? Can't bring your darkness there. Exhortations in Philippians. And this is uh, David Eels. In Philippians one twenty seven through 4.21, it says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, 
that whether I come and see you or be absent, I may hear of your state, that you stand fast in one spirit with one soul. Well, you can't imagine how true um, pastors or leaders or apostles or whatever uh, feel the same way, you know, that they want to know that people are prospering and blessing, blessing and um, they want to know. Jesus prayed, Father, I pray that they may be one as we are one. And ever since, wolves have come in to scatter the flock for their own aggrandizement. But even this works for the unity of the flock, for in Proverbs 17 and 4, we're told, An evildoer giveth heed to wicked lips, and a liar giveth ear to mischievous tongue. So we see that this cleanses the spots in our love feasts so that we can be all white and all one. This is God's test to remove the leaven. Deuteronomy 13, 1-5 says, If there arise in the midst of thee a prophet or dreamer of dreams, and he give thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder come to pass whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods. In other words, uh, another Jesus by twisting or ignoring the Scriptures, right? Which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Verse 3 says, Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or unto that dreamer of dreams, For the Lord your God proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. So if you get spoken to, whether it's a spirit in your ear or a person, and it it tended to uh, make you believe in a different Jesus than the one in the Bible, you're being tested. That's what he's saying. You're being tested. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear Him and keep His commandments and obey His word, His voice. And you shall serve Him and cleave unto Him. And that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death. The faction promotes another Jesus who does not believe the Bible and has no conscience. And um, that's because he has spoken rebellion against the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed thee out of the house of bondage to draw thee aside out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in. So shalt thou put away the evil from the midst of thee. Amen. And Paul continued saying, striving for the faith of the gospel. That's the real good news, right? Our faith must be rooted and grounded in the good news. The wicked always concentrate on the bad news, for they are among the flock to tear down and not to build up or edify. 
And Romans 16 and 19 says, For your obedience is come abroad unto all men. I rejoice therefore over you, but I would have you wise unto that which is good, and simple unto that which is evil. Well, although the wicked always have much to criticize, they criticize others because they feel it builds them up in the eyes of others. As we've seen in the political and church realm, these factious people blame others for what they are doing. And this always catches up to them for the righteous see their motives. Okay, continuing with the Revelation, verse 28, And in nothing affrighted by the adversaries, which is for them an evident token of perdition, but of your salvation and that from God. So, of course, adversaries here reminds you of the devil. The adversaries in our midst will always become known because they have always, they always persecute the righteous. And in this way, you will know who is who. They spend all of their time persecuting others and no time getting the good news out. This is a sign of their perdition, meaning coming destruction. So continuing, verse 29, Because to you it hath been granted in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer in his behalf, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me. Well, the righteous should know and resign themselves to this persecution because they know it's their cross to bear. The wicked are offended and put to shame by Christ in the righteous because they love their sins. And usually their sins of unforgiveness and bitterness and pride and selfish ego. As it was with Paul, so it should be with us. If the wicked do not repent and fail to denigrate the righteous, they are seen for what they are. They will ultimately flee their righteous presence. Amen. Continuing, 2 and 1. If there is therefore any exhortation in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any tender mercies and compassions, make full my joy that you be of the same mind, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. We must always bend the knee to the exhortations of Christ through His apostles and the Word of God, or we will be bundled with the tares, right? while the righteous shine forth in the kingdom of our Father. Well, we notice that we are to have the same mind as these exhortations of love, mercy, and compassion. But not only that, we must have the same mind no matter what we go through. 
whether it's a failure or a victory, we need to run steady. So, we have the same mind as these exhortations, and those who take the low road will soon be gone and will not pass through uh, the righteous to test them any longer. Amen? Continuing, verse 3, doing nothing through faction or vain glory. Well, faction is for the purpose of vain glory. The wolves use their tongue and teeth to faction the weak from the flock in order to devour them for their vain glory. And most often the wolves have uh, rejection and try to appease its pain by factioning others unto themselves uh, to gain their respect. Because people with rejection, that's what they want, is respect. So they lust for position and they want to take your position. You know, uh, uh, a lot of, if not all, of the people who led the factions are people that were in uh, rejection. And they desired respect. They wanted my position. They thought they knew better. But God didn't agree with them. They lust for position and respect, even if it's over reprobates. It doesn't matter to them. Rather than being a little fish in a big pond, they would rather be a big fish in a little pond and are a danger to them, to the little fish. Amen. And continuing. But in lowliness of mind, each counting other better than himself. So these humble People belong to Christ, and He gives them grace to grow and prosper. Humility is very important before the Lord. He is so big, and we are so small. We know so little, and He knows it all. So we must humble ourselves before Him. Not looking each of you to His own things, but each of you also to the things of others as in keeping, of course, with the demonstration of the life of Christ to sacrifice self for others, right? Have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, counting, counted not the being on an equality with God a thing to be grasped. The wicked always seek to take the place of God in judging and teaching others, but they do not judge and teach themselves and therefore are not qualified. And continuing, verse 7, But emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being made in the likeness of men. So we are called to be servants, empty of self, prepared of God to build his kingdom. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient even unto death, yea, the death of the cross. Let me say, obedience to the word is the death of the cross. If we humble ourselves and our will to our cross, which is obeying God's word, we will be exalted by God. 
Yes, the Word is our cross, and if you can't obey it, you are not on it. Amen. Continuing verse 9, Wherefore also God highly exalted him and gave unto him the name which is above every name. Yes, he humbled himself. Notice that God exalts the obedient cross-bearers by giving them the highest name, meaning in Greek, nature, character, and authority of the Lord. And this is the manifestation of Christ, the Word, in our mortal flesh. 2 Corinthians 4 and 7 through 11 says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The treasure is the seed of Christ's Word in our hearts, which grows only in the tilled earth of our flesh, right? Broken up ground represents repentance. That the exceeding greatness of the power may be of God and not from ourselves, God's power is available to the obedient cross-bearers. And verse 8 says, We are pressed on every side, yet not straightened, perplexed, yet not unto despair. Those who love truth more than flesh are pressed into the golden mold of Jesus Christ in order to be like Him. And those who are malleable, that is, humbly conformed to the mold of His Word, through crucifying circumstances around them, will be like Him. Verse 9. Pursued and yet not forsaken, smitten down, yet not destroyed, always bearing about in the body the dying of Jesus. Well, there is the condition, and here is the result for meeting it that the life also of Jesus may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. So there is the condition, and here is the result for meeting it, that the life also of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. In our mortal flesh. Continuing, verse 10. That in the name of Jesus every knee should bow, everything of things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth. In the name is not at the name. In the name means to abide in the nature, character, and authority. That's what the word name means in the New Testament. Of our Lord. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, Jesus is Lord of every situation if we confess Him. If we don't confess, meaning speak the same as, He said He would not confess us before the Father or the angels which means that we do without His benefits. 
Continuing with verse 12. So then, my brethren, even as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Well, that's a big wow. Um, they always obeyed, and even in Paul's absence, they obeyed. The wickedness today is that they disobey behind your back. The church has fallen a long way. So he goes on, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So here is what's missing. Working out your salvation by faith and obedience and the fear of the Lord. For it's God who worketh in you both to will and to work for His good pleasure. Ah, the key. We believe and confess. And He works in us by His power in a weak vessel. 14. Do all things without murmurings and questionings. Everything? Yeah. Don't speak against the Lord, or He will give you what you say. Numbers 14 and 27 says, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation that murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. Say unto them, As I live, says the Lord, Surely as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. Your dead bodies shall fall in this wilderness, and all that were numbered of you, according to your whole number, from twenty years old and upward, that have murmured against me. So, if you are old enough in the Lord to know better, you are held responsible. That's what's being said here. Verse 15, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you are seen as lights in the world. We don't have the light if we do not confess agreement with the Word. We're not carrying the light forth. We're not shining the light unless we do that. So, verse 16 says, Holding forth the word of life that I may have whereof to glory in the day of Christ, that I did not run in vain, neither labor in vain. Is there other people that do that? Yes, of course they do. They don't shine the light. So if we do not confess the word, we run in vain. Yea, and if I am offered on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. And in the same manner do ye also joy and rejoice with me. But I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will care truly for your state. For they all seek their own, and not 
the things of Jesus Christ. So, you mean uh, those who heard the word of Paul sought their own things instead of Jesus? Just like today? Yes, it's true. But you know the proof of him that as a child serveth the Father, so he served with me in furtherance of the gospel. Some serve the gospel and um, the factious criticize them and never preach the gospel or see miracles or healings, etc. They don't see those things. Verse 23, Him therefore I hope to send forth with so soon as I see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I myself also shall come shortly. But I counted it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier and your messenger and minister to my need. Since he longed after you all and was sore troubled because ye had heard that he was sick, for indeed that he was sick nigh unto death. But God had mercy upon him, and not on him only, but on me also, that I might not have sorrow upon sorrow. I have sent him, therefore, the more diligently, that uh, when you see him again, you may rejoice, and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him, therefore, in the Lord with all joy, and hold such in honor, because for the work of the Lord he came nigh unto death, hazarding his life to supply that which was lacking in your service towards me. Well, Epaphroditus was a true servant and brother to put the needs of Paul ahead of his own. And three and one. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. To write the same things to you, to me, indeed, is not irksome, but for you it is safe. Well, you can notice that he was tired of giving the same warnings, saying the same thing, but he had to, just like I have to. Beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh, though I myself might have confidence even in the flesh. Well, pride is confidence in in one's own flesh, even while they have no conscience to obey the word. Paul was in faction against the Christian Jews, but God was merciful and stopped him in his tracks on the Damascus Road. And when one continues in this way, God usually turns them over to a reprobate mind to be a witness to the congregation. If any other man thinketh to have confidence in the flesh, I yet more. 
circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, and as touching zeal, persecuting the church, and as touching uh, righteousness, which is in the law, found blameless. But God showed Paul a solution to this self-righteousness that he had. Howbeit, what things were gained to me, these have I counted loss for Christ. Yea, verily, and I count all things to be lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but refuse, that I may gain Christ. So he had to give up all of his pride of religion and all of his self-righteousness and all of his unforgiveness and faction against the Christians and all of his factious friends, all of the respect that he had from his friends and all of his possessions to be a steward of Christ. And be found in him, not having a righteousness of mine own, even that which is of the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. He had to be justified by faith alone to be saved. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings becoming conformed unto his death. So he had to suffer, like Jesus, the giving up of his carnal life. If I, by any means, I may obtain uh, unto the resurrection from the dead. So those who do not give up their life will not gain their life, as our Lord said. What's the best way to uh, gain our life and grow in our life? Is, is grow in the Word. Let it be more important to you than anything else. Not that I've already obtained or am already made perfect, but I press on, if so be that I may lay hold on that for which also I was laid hold on by Christ Jesus. There you go. Notice that he was uh, laid hold on by Christ in order to manifest perfection. And that was, of course, because he needed to pass this on to the brethren. Brethren, I count not myself yet to have laid hold, but one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind. You have to forget that. Don't let the devil remind you of your past. Or you can remind him of his future, right? Forgetting the things which are behind and stretching forward to the things which are before. And uh, Paul had to forget his past sins, his past unforgiveness, his past religion, or he would not be forgiven and would fall under judgment. And today these will miss the bride and the man-child and the kingdom. Verse 14, 
I press on towards the goal unto the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as are perfect, that is by faith, be thus minded, and if in anything you are otherwise minded, this also shall God reveal unto you. So, when God points out what more He expects of you, will you listen, or act, or will you delay and forget? 16. Only whereunto we have attained, by this same rule let us walk. So, don't fall back. You don't have time for that now. Verse 17 says, Brethren, be ye imitators together of me, and mark them that so walk, even as you have us for an example. So, Jesus and Paul are examples for us disciples to follow in their steps by obeying their words. For many walk of whom I told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Because they cherish their old life and their sins. Whose end is perdition. Like the sons of destruction, right? Whose God is their belly, which is their flesh. And whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. Many glory in their shame uh, that others can see, uh, but they cannot. That's why we need fellowship one with another. For our citizenship is in heaven, whence also we wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ who shall fashion anew the body of our humiliation, that it may be conformed to the body of His glory. When the Lord comes, He will give only a new body to those who are sanctified with a new soul. Some think He will give a new soul after death, in the air or whatever, but here is where we are sanctified. You can't find that doctrine in the Scripture. And the verse continues, According to the working whereby he is able even to subject all things unto himself. Well, just as he gave us a new spirit, he has given us a new soul by faith. And these will have a new body. 4 and 1 says, Wherefore, my Brethren, beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my beloved. I exhort Euodia, meaning to be successful, and I exhort Sintiche, meaning to meet with a failure or an accident, to be of the same mind. There it is. All all must have faith to get the same results, right? You have to continue in the faith. You have to be steady and steadfast. Yea, I beseech thee also, true yoke fellow, help these women, for they labored with me in the gospel, 
with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. So God is sovereign, and even our failures work to humble us. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your forbearance be known unto all men. Well, forbearance is tolerance, right? And restraint in the face of provocation. And it's patience with others. The Lord is at hand, and nothing be anxious, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. In other words, don't worry about a thing. Just ask and give thanks for the answer. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall guard your hearts and your thoughts in Christ Jesus. So this gives peace. Pray and believe that you have received and you can enter into the rest and have peace. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honorable, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Amen. Negative thoughts destroy souls, yours and those who are around you. Thoughts become emotions, which become words and actions, and a falling away, so repent quickly. The things which you both learned and received and heard and saw in me, these things do, and the God of peace shall be with you. So be a disciple, meaning a learner and a follower of Jesus and of Paul, of course. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your thought for me, wherein you did indeed take thought, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therein to be content. Can you be content in any situation? I know how to be abased, and I know also how to abound. In everything and in all things have I learned the secret both to be filled and to be hungry, both to abound and to be in want. So, Believe in the sovereignty of God to work all things for your good and give thanks always for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? Because all things come from Him. You could thank Him for it. And this gives us rest. Believe that you have received. This gives rest. I can do all things in Him that strengtheneth me. Well, what a promise. Uh, remember this, God strengthens you to do all that is in His will, and many times in your permissive will, and whatsoever you can believe and confess for. Howbeit, you did well that you had fellowship with my affliction, and ye yourselves also know, ye Philippians, that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church had fellowship with me in the matter of giving and receiving, but ye only. 
For even in Thessalonica you sent once and again unto my need. Not that I seek for the gift, but I seek for the fruit that increaseth to your account. And I feel the same way towards our supporters. God uh, bless those with righteousness and every supply who have suffered to help us get the word out in many forms and to help the missionaries bring the gospel to their people, as uh, your word says. But first, Second uh, Corinthians 9, 6-13 says, But this I say, he that soweth sparingly shall also reap also sparingly, and he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. And verse 18, But I have all things and abound. I am filled, having received from Epaphroditus the things that came from you, an odor of sweet smell, and a sacrifice acceptable and well-pleasing to God. So this is true also of the saints who have helped to shoulder the burden of all the missionaries who hazard their lives to get the gospel out to the hungry souls. And to all those who help print the books that they cry out. Um, and to all those who supply their food in their famine and lack. Thank you. And my God shall supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now unto our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren that are with me salute you. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you and keep you. We'll do this again. Amen. Can quench my thirsting soul. Pure as water made me whole. Let your streams of mercy flow, O oh Jesus. I trust in you Though the mountains fall into the sea Though the rivers rise I still believe For your mercy stands and your word is true Oh Jesus I trust in you darkest night what will be my guiding light the shining rays of red and white Jesus I trust in you oh, sacred heart in you I find mercy seated for all time I am yours and you are mine oh Jesus I trust in Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus.
Thank you.